Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? Now, do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. You don't know anybody named Iris? I don't know nobody named Iris. Can I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you. Step back for one minute and look at the big picture. And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. We often bond a family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you. <laughs> I don't do drugs. Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up? Welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with... Wesleyano, conquistador de España. My older brother, also known as Skippy. And today we're talking the newest movie based on a Disneyland theme park ride, Jungle Cruise. The newest movie that's been in gestation for like 15 years. Is Jungle Cruise unique to Disneyland, California? It was Walt Disney's premier attraction when the park opened, as a matter of fact. I did Tokyo and I did Paris, but I don't remember there being a Jungle Cruise, which seems kind of odd because Disneyland Tokyo and Disneyland Paris were all kinds of leaning into Western mystique and Americana. Like they both had, if I recall correctly, like old West worlds and stuff like that. You got to be careful in West worlds. But I don't remember them having Jungle Cruise. That's the bougiest thing I've ever heard. Oh, I do Disneyland Tokyo and Disneyland Paris, but I couldn't be bothered to remember if the attraction we're discussing today was at either of those parks. Well, they definitely had Pirates of the Caribbean, my personal favorite ride at Disneyland. My understanding, having only been to the Disneyland, the OG, is that there's a Jungle Cruise-based attraction in most if not all of the parks but they all represent different rivers oh and what does the disneyland california jungle cruise river represent i guess it would be the nile considering that it's supposed to be based in africa however the jungle cruise movie is not it's in south america yep it's the amazon it's based on the amazon and um the movie starts by saying that all truth all legend is based in truth or something like that 
Is there any true Tears of the Moon legend? I'm not sure why I'm asking you like you're some kind of authority. Well, the Tree of Life, of course, is legend. I don't know about truth, as is the search for El Dorado, which I don't think is ever explicitly mentioned in this movie. But the character of Aguirre and his men, the conquistadors, is undoubtedly a true tale and uh, kind of appropriated for this movie. Oh, Lost City. Lost City of Gold, maybe. Uh, it's uh, another rock movie based on El Dorado. <laughs> Even though that was Hell oh, Dorado. Oh, you mean Hell Dorado? And I don't know that that, <laughs> and that, I don't know that that had anything to do with El Dorado because I didn't see it, despite uh, a family member of mine being a prominent cast member in that movie. Yours truly, pregnant background actor, villager. But somebody also said The Rock is obsessed with jungle movies. Uh, Hell Dorado and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle and Jungle Cruise and all, all this stuff. So so as far as the ride goes, it's based on a river attraction, whatever river that may happen to be. And as we saw in the movie too, the things that are on the river, the hippos and the headhunters and stuff, it's all kind of fake and manufactured both in Disneyland and for Frank's purposes. So really, as long as it's on a river and they're cruising in a boat, then nothing else matters. Like it's ticking all the boxes and the movie deserves to call itself Jungle Cruise. Get it? Nothing else matters. Oh, God, you're so young. No. Second Disney movie after Black Widow to be like, hey, you know that 90s music that we grew up listening to? Let's use some of that. Metallica? Yep. I did notice that, but it was kind of subtle. It was like this instrumental interpretation version. It was, but it's immediately recognizable. To you, well, yeah, that's kind of the point. It makes me worry that I'm old. Like, it's so disconnected that it's going to be about this movie for some people. And it's going to be disconnected from the era. But all that happens with music from the 60s that I have no, you know, real-time basis with. No need to worry. You are old. So we can just come to terms with that. So aside from Metallica, which is immediately recognizable and frankly kind of distracting in the same way that it smells like Teen Spirit was for Black Widow... There's also the other associations with this movie that are unavoidable. The Indiana Jones stuff, the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Avatar. The Mummy stuff. And that is almost a bygone era. I mean, that's the Mummy stuff is already 20 years old. Uh, same thing with Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one, The Curse of the Black Pearl, was what, 2003? We're getting there. Whoa. And so those have been continued, obviously, with sequels, but it's almost as though this is a generational shift, or they're hoping it is that there's enough distance that enough time has gone by for it not to matter. And that may not be Disney's intention. It may just be a fact of the matter, uh, because this movie's been around, like I said, for 15. As soon as Pirates happened and it was successful, they're like, what's next? What's next? And of course, they've tried to do movies on every conceivable ride. Haunted Mansion. Even Tomorrowland and, and stuff. So this movie was, at one point was set up for Tom Hanks and Tim Allen after Toy Story to be the live action wacky African queen duo. Okay, that's a that's a different picture. And strangely, dude, this movie incredibly. I don't know why this. I'm obsessing over this. This movie was supposed to be released in October 2019, which means this movie was shooting three years ago in 2018. Wow. And then, unbeknownst to them, they made the worst possible decision to delay it to July 2020, mm. and that didn't work out so well. So a full year later, here we are, concurrent Disney streaming and theatrical release again. 
And given all that's transpired, do you think The Rock or Emily Blunt are going to sue Disney for the uh, day and date release? It seems to be a frustrating trend. And look, you if you have these back earnings deal or the percentage deals or whatever, then yeah, it's it's a real hit. But Black Widow is noteworthy because Scarlett Johansson is coming off a 10-year-plus run as Black Widow. And then her culmination and, and basically the exclamation point on the end of this story is that they she feels like they screwed her. So she's prepared to burn that bridge for money. And money is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. This is a business. And, and so now Emma Stone is also considering it. For Cruella? Yeah, and I don't know about Emily Blunt because she was actually tapped to play Black Widow and then had to pull out. Do you know what movie Emily Blunt pulled out of Black Widow and Marvel in total to play because she had to contractually? Mary Poppins? Jack Black's Gulliver's Travels. Ooh. Yeah. So then she Ouch. got her shot with Mary Poppins, which is iconic, and we've, and we've got her here probably not long on the heels of Mary Poppins. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. I mean, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, not strangers to the Disney machine. Nope. So you would think that they would be, you know, next in line to kind of get their own. Although Jungle Cruise does seem like it's the new Pirates of the Caribbean. So maybe it's a little bit too early in the game for them to to burn that bridge, as you put it. Maybe just in the last week or so, they've announced that talks are happening for a sequel. But it's not the new Pirates of the Caribbean. It almost is Pirates of the Caribbean. You know that the Margot Robbie announced Pirates movie is now in the works. But then after the Johnny Depp thing cooled off, they thought maybe they would bring him back. He might be a part of that movie. And that's almost what this is, right? The upstart female pirate kind of showing up and joining forces with the old immortal (laughs) cursed pirate of old. You know what I mean? This might as well be a twisted version of Margot Robbie's Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Also a lot of comparisons to another rock movie, Moana. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, he was essentially live-action Maui. (laughs) (laughs) Complete with peeing in the water and making jokes about it, touted for being huge, uh, being 400 years old and kind of a demigod-type figure. Like returning the heart of the, you know, whether it be the heart of Tafiti or the heart of the tree. What was the tree itself called? Uh, Crocodile Tears. (laughs) But I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of Indiana Jones element, which is Fox, which is also owned by Disney now. Right. We belabored the point that a lot of these recent movies are recycled. The Tomorrow War, Black Widow, just being kind of amalgamations of all of these themes and concepts that we're familiar with. But um, what you can't deny about Jungle Cruise is that you just got to love The Rock. Isn't he just one of the most lovable guys and characters ever? You don't even know. I did the Saturday morning movie club with Kelly, and I was like, we're watching a movie, and ever skeptical, she's like, what movie? And I said, Disney's The Jungle Cruise, and she said, I actually want to see that movie, so okay. Thoroughly charmed for two plus hours, could not stop smiling. She loves The Rock. I looked over, (laughs) and there's like this giant grin on her face the whole time. He is so charming to her. Well, he's just objectively charming. Give him stale, bad jokes and even kind of a stiff performance. (laughs) And you're just like, I don't know. I just you just love the guy. Well, he doesn't have a lot of flexibility. And also those clothes were pretty tight. But um, also not the best chemistry between Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. But you kind of buy it, too, because, you know, you're like, who, who doesn't love The Rock? Well, they look odd standing next to each other. She's pretty bitty and he's, you know, The Rock. 
but they apparently have a tremendous amount of fun on set. And uh, Emily Blunt said they cried and they were like family after the whole thing was over. And and there's lots of footage of them joking and laughing around and ha seemingly having a great time and their buddies and stuff. So I think maybe that easy chemistry came through so much so that it was a little bit distracting because they weren't supposed to like each other, right? She mm. was skeptical of him and he was doing it for the money and he had his ulterior motives and stuff. You remember the scene where the, he's chopping wood with uh, McGregor, Jack Whitehall, the brother character, and he's like, does she ever shut up? Or like, is she always like this? <laughs> and and it was a reminder that they're not supposed to like each other and they so obviously do. Yeah, exactly. That's the subtext, right? Because on the surface, he's like, she's annoying. She does this. She's wearing pants. And then the <laughs> subtext is like, I can't stop thinking about her. And boy, isn't she intriguing. And of course, there was that simmering kind of will they, won't they romantic angle. But it did seem like they were supposed to be more at odds up front when we saw anything but on screen. It just seems like friendly teasing as opposed to clashing personalities. And maybe that's where the chemistry kind of falls short or falls flat. Like their affection towards each other is very kind of platonic feeling. And so when they kiss, it's just kind of wrong. So there's well, chemistry there. It's just not the sexy kind. I mean, I wasn't exactly looking for romantic chemistry in Disney's The Jungle Cruise, but remind me, did they actually kiss? Yeah, they kissed underwater and they kissed at the end. You're right, but those were <laughs> life-saving CPR <laughs> kisses, or they were supposed to be. So it was kind of masked as saving lives when it was still kind of supposed to be romantic. But did they actually smooch proper? Yeah, when he comes back to life and she runs and jumps into his arms, they kiss. That's when he was playing another of his famous characters. Do tell. This was uh, The Rock returning to wrestling when he was wrestling a stuffed CG jaguar or whatever in the bar. And then at the end, literally turns back into The Rock. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was a skipper level joke. <laughs> that was like, Skippy would be so proud. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And, and so they leave the boat at the end and they're holding hands. And I'm like, okay, because they're a thing because that's been set up the whole movie. It's that's very Disney where they're the unlikely family, you know, the, the couple and the gay dude and the cat. And they're like happy and they're together and they're going to be together forever. Can we talk about McGregor's coming out? Sure. That was what that was, right? Yeah. And this one actually predated Cruella, which was another obviously gay character, I guess, even though that was never said out loud. It wasn't necessarily said out loud here. It's like Disney's toe in the line. 
I think the first time I recognized Disney's attempt at being inclusive and not offensive was in the live action version of Beauty and the Beast. Yep. It was very subtle, but I was like, "Mm, interesting. And then there was Cruella. But this seemed the most clear to me and yet still not. But it seems like Frank understands and that he's accepting. But it seemed like Disney's just inching up to this moment. Yeah. I mean, The Rock has seen it all. He's been around for 400 years. He, he doesn't seem about everything. He's seen a woman in pants. He's seen a gay guy dance. He's seen a needle that winks its eye. I have a term for this. It, yes, it was obvious to anyone who was listening, unless you're extremely young. And also pink jacket, way too much luggage, campy, tropey gay, right? And so the, my yeah. term is just, it's just Disney gay. Like, they're going to get a lot of flack for it either way, from the traditionals who are like, what? why do you have to do this in every movie? But also inclusivity. Just Disney gay, and I've decided it's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. It, I mean, it is just a thing. And obviously, the McGregor character is a dedicated brother. He's loyal. He he comes into his own in this movie. He's prissy and doesn't want to get dirty at the top, and he's thrown down at the end. Like, he has its arc. He's got a lot of really, really admirable traits. And, you know, you can't blame a dude for liking tea, right? When Jesse Plemons offers you tea in the jungle, you take it. Yeah, I don't know that he had a choice. I mean, I would drink tea with Jesse Plemons. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're, if you've been roughing it in the jungle, and, you know, you have a moment to have tea with a prince. That sounds pretty appealing, you know, given the context yeah he has his he has his bougie submarine well we have to talk about jesse plemons but i just wanted to address this pants wearing thing super quick and that is women being plucky and wearing pants was like the big gimmick in this and the you know the whole assembly scientific community or whatever is like yes we're more than happy with legends and zombie conquistadors but <laughs> a woman and they're all up in a you know all in uproar and and I'm thinking I'm coming off of gunpowder milkshake here and I'm, I'm thinking the whole thing about women women being novel because they're not docile female presenting is kind of getting old for me I just wanted to put that out there <laughs> man it seems like you you then are a contemporary woman it's a good thing you were born in your time it's like uh, Dwayne Perkins says about black people with a time machine <laughs> like you don't want to go back too far it's like you know just like 1980. 1980- nine or 1990 nothing too crazy because you would not have been well regarded back in that print you know king edward's on the throne it's the age of men type era i'm just saying it's not that crazy that she's wearing pa- anyway okay so jesse plemons <laughs> look they're functional they have pockets <laughs> so jesse plemons once he shows up on screen he's like our favorite topic you know todd is going to be a bad guy right <laughs> It's borderline like the albino villain. He's like the new Philip Seymour Hoffman of these soft-bodied bad guys. (laughs) The kind of pudgy, pasty (laughs) villains. He's definitely channeling that like refined Philip Seymour Hoffman technique. And then it seems like Paul Giamatti has settled into his role as well. He's (laughs) He's like the top office guy who talks on the phone or does his dealings from behind a desk. He's he's his same character from Gunpowder Milkshake just 100 years before. Yeah, with Rosacea in a seersucker suit. Aw, poor Paul Giamatti. You can't help Rosacea. <laughs> I don't think that he actually is afflicted with Rosacea. I'm just saying the, the Nilo character was kind of tore up. That's all. He's flushed. 
and he's old. But uh, a lot happening up front. Before we ever leave the dock, there's zip lining and fighting and all this stuff. And for all her pluck and all her determination and skill and good form or proper, what did he say? Proper form? Good, good, good technique strong or whatever. When she punches, yes. yeah, strong form or whatever. Strong form. When she punches him in the face, all that, she can't swim. And uh, there's all this flying around. It's like they're setting up the Jungle Cruise stunt show for Disney, you know? <laughs> And uh, there's like full explode. with like boat jumping and explosions, and right? Stuff. A lot of comparisons to Indiana Jones, probably because of the South American sort of exotic setting, archaeological, like the falls expedition find and all that stuff. And in an Indiana Jones movie, the difference is the German attack sub with the double barreled machine guns that would have been the climax, right? The act three battle when they come back from their harrowing river cruise adventure. And then all of a sudden there's a German sub there. That was like first 15 minutes. Exactly. (laughs) And and honestly, in that moment, I realized that Disney getting a hold of Indiana Jones, I could not be happier that it's under the hand, steady hand of James Mangold, even if Harrison Ford is 80 years old. And now I'm a little bit worried. Because if Indiana Jones ends up like the Jungle Cruise, I was really hoping it was going to be like a dead serious Logan type of thing. And now I'm worried that it's going to be Disney's Indiana Jones and the German submarine. The ride. Now I'm afraid. Well, Disney did pretty well with Indiana Jones, the ride. Yeah. It was all like innovative and exciting. But it was also magical and colorful and and like, you have Woken the eye of Mara or whatever. You have chosen unwisely. Oh, that really makes me want to go to Disneyland. Yeah, and Jungle Cruise has changed. They didn't incorporate these characters. I think they were kind of unsure. They were testing the waters, so to speak. Oh, man. Get it? Favorite Jungle Cruise joke? Mine? Yeah. Well, it's definitely not the backside of water, which I was astounded that they used. And he had some pretty good ones. Uh, I'd have to think... uh, there's the ever popular African bull elephant, the second most dangerous animal in the jungle or whatever. And here is the first most dangerous, and he points to the right, his mother-in-law. It's a bigger bull elephant. Oh, it's bad. My two favorite jokes just so happen to be at the end of the cruise. The first one is, you know, like, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed your cruise. There's a dock on the left. That's where I get out. And there's a dock on our right. That's where you get out. And it's a paradox or something like that. Wow, I really bombed that one. Pretty good. No, I got it because I didn't remember that one offhand. Favorite all time, though, is welcome back. Hope you enjoyed your cruise. And... I hope you enjoy the rest of your day in the biggest human trap ever set by a mouse. (laughs) Yep, I do remember that one. And that's what got the sneak. He said, I'm so happy. It makes me so happy. I feel like I'm at the park. I hope they they don't screw up the rest of this movie. I hope the rest of this movie doesn't suck or something. (laughs) And did it? What's your summation of Jungle Cruise? So I heard Jungle Cruise, and then I heard Jungle Cruise delayed. And I thought, okay, Emily Blunt, just kind of at the top of her game. The Rock is definitely at the top of his game. Let's see what happens. Although the Jungle Cruise doesn't seem like a The Rock-type movie. Like, how much action and adventure could you get out of cruising down the river? Boy, was I wrong. I thought he would be wrestling alligators or crocodiles in, in the case of the Nile. It got crazy... And I was like, what? With this whole conquistador thing. Yeah, super steeped in lore. They went deep, but also kind of recycled it. 
Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And when the undead conquistadors emerge from the thicket, I was like, wow, they're they're not even trying to mask it. And I'm not sure. Maybe it's just giving the fans what they think the fans want. I mean, this is a world where legend has truth, right? Like, they didn't really seem to blink an eye at the CG animated Proxima. They didn't try to suggest that she was well-trained. Like, she's kind of a magical being, right? They don't seem all that shocked when the legend is true. Is this a world where magical things exist? I guess, but I blinked a lot at Proxima. I was like, seriously? Because I thought this movie was going to be full of natural creatures. I Mm. thought there was going to be hippos and crocodiles and him using his rock muscles to avoid being crushed by a boa constrictor. And he's got the one gun that that scares the hippos off and then it goes into the water and that's it, you know? And maybe him having to swing like Tarzan to catch up to the boat that's getting away but didn't you get all those things i mean i guess but i didn't expect the outright supernatural el dorado curse stuff with snakes on a dude and the muddy buddy and and honey boy and all all that (laughs) that it was just like so it was really out there it went there for sure and we don't really get to understand the whole conquistador story until halfway through the film when the rock and And Lily have their little heart-to-heart, and he tells her his whole backstory. Although, despite going through the entire story and finding out that he's a conquistador, we still don't understand exactly what he is or why he... Why was he spared the fate of Aguirre? Was it because he's never left the proximity of the river? Right. I mean, that's what we're meant to believe. They're the same creatures, it's just that the other conquistadors have been ravaged by time and the jungle? Yes which is why Frank can't get too far away. So that's why he dedicated his life to being on the river. So he's also the undead. Right. I I didn't think, oh, Frank is some weird otherworldly being like Proxima, but I also didn't expect Proxima to be so cartoony. I was like, look, the point I was making is that, look, going into this movie where it's going to be man versus nature or the animals contained within nature or whatever, man versus beast, we should do better than Proxima, the obviously CG panther up top or jaguar. No, we just went for the caricaturish German prince villain instead, who was kind of equally distracting as much as I like Jesse Plemons. He was distracting in his dripping with evil Germanness. <laughs> with his little hair, the little bangs in his face kind of thing when he gets upset. You can tell he's mad because his hair the is all disheveled. The twitchy mustache. <laughs> the twitchy mustache and the, and the stiff suit. Yeah, it's just a reminder that elsewhere in the world, World War One is happening or whatever. That doesn't touch the, uh, the jungle trade. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like he's in search of power. She's in search of greater health and greater good, which it seems that Emily, it seems that the Lily character, you know, achieves her goal. Right. They, I assume, pluck that last petal that reveals itself after she revives Frank and is going to do the world good with it. Right. Yeah. The world good, the good that she had set out intending to help all these people because she's the preeminent botanist and this is her chance of a lifetime, right? Cure all the ills of humanity. And she's like, no, Frank, who didn't want to live, but she's going to save him anyway, not knowing that there was going to be a second petal coming. Yeah, it wasn't exactly in her, her arc, but the second petal came because of her goodness. Yeah, she it, uh, it bloomed like her spirit bloomed, her benevolence. Oh, Wes. I like it when you get all touchy-feely. Oh, man. That's so sweet. Despite it being entertaining and the new franchise and all that, uh, I'm still teetering on my ultimate rating here. I kind of really want to give it a boring. I kind of really do. 
because it was kind of boring and and pat and recycled but like i can't boring the rock look i'll be perfectly honest i zoned out for some of this I was like, okay, now we're in supernatural territory. When the CG supernatural fights happen, you're like, I'm just going to ride this out. I guess it was all in place. And I guess this movie had all the things in place where you would either give it a good because it tried really hard to make a much bigger, let's get off the boat into the, the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse supernatural creature thing. I mean, they did their best to get him out of the boat, right? I just didn't follow a lot of it because I didn't care. And like you wanted, to, I was like, oh, maybe this is kind of boring just because we've seen it. <laughs> this film has as much about as much bite as a Disney piranha because he went into the water with his little shirt on and suspenders and was swarmed by piranhas and came out pretty clean with a couple of nicks in his clothing. Yeah, but he's the rock. I like how you use Disney now as like Disney gay or Disney piranha. It's like the qualifier for something that has that's toothless and and like non-committal somehow. <laughs> but tries hard because I'm a Disney fan and Disney really wants to be inclusive. Disney really wants to be entertaining and they want to be big and grand. But the flip side of being inclusive or for wanting to be to, to wanting to please the people is that these movies are trying to do too much. Like the Jungle Cruise doesn't have to be everything for everyone. And when you make a movie like that, as Disney tends to do, it feels waterlogged. It feels like it's just trying to, <laughs> it feels like it's just trying to do too much. And I guess I can't necessarily fault the Jungle Cruise for that. It has a lot of charm, mostly because it has Skippy and Lily at the helm. <laughs> so, um, I think I'm going to say good. If it's better than Godzilla versus King Kong, I just can't give it a boring. It's just not fair. And this was better than Godzilla versus King Kong. Wes? So I am not really a huge fan of The Rock. I think he's fun and likable, but I'm not sure that I'm like, oh, I have to go see the new The Rock movie, even though he's the most highly paid actor in the world, continues to be year after year. Of course, I love Emily Blunt, and I think that she had good chemistry with The Rock, but if this were anyone else, I might have been like, this is recycled trash. Um, <laughs> Gray and, water. And, and, and yet in... <laughs> I had real doubts about The Rock being in The Jungle Cruise, but I think that he was actually one of the saviors of The Jungle Cruise. He's great. Emily Blunt is great. Jack Whitehall, Paul Giamatti, Jesse Plemons, who was an unexpected delight in this movie as Jesse Plemons. <laughs> and uh, and this dude, Edgar Ramirez, who is kind of overlooked as Aguirre. Of course, based on, uh, you know, Lope de Aguirre, the conquistador, who is the basis of one of dad's favorite movies. I had the spaces from Aguirre, Wrath of God, which dad loves beyond all measure. Oh, yeah. That's like his favorite. That, of course, was the basis of that character. And so basically what I know about Aguirre is from another movie. And so why not? This is just another movie where he's even more crazy and covered in snakes. Did you know that Edgar Ramirez, why he makes a good bad guy? Like, have you seen this dude before? No, why? Connecting it to our other episode in this uh, podcast series, he was the remade Bodie from Point Break, the remake a few years ago. He was the new Patrick Swayze? Yep, but he was much more like bank robbie, extreme sportsy kind of Bodie. He wasn't the uh, Bodhisattva soul surfer, sur searcher. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Edgar Ramirez in another yeah. water movie. And, uh, that's pretty loose associations. This movie is all about <laughs> loose associations. And it's fine. I was 
I was bored some of the time, but I was ironically bored at the height of the action. But it just crossed a line into all right territory. But I wasn't mad, and that's becoming the measure for my reviews. That's a little crotchety old man, but I think that you still got some heart in there. So that's our review on Disney Jungle Cruise, available on Disney Plus with premium access. Check out our other reviews on other premium access Disney films like... It's our thing. Black Widow and Cruella. And strangely, Luca wasn't behind the paywall. We discussed that in our review on Luca. Man, we've covered a lot of Disney ground in the last couple months. That's because Disney is a consistent provider of new content, and we do need new content. Thank you, Disney Machine. Check out our reviews at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you find podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.